Hey everyone, you are listening to the official podcast of the Evangelical Free Church of Ken, where our mission is to glorify God, helping each other become mature disciples of Christ as we worship, grow, serve, and reach. Okay, grab your Bibles and open up with me to Luke chapter 7, Luke chapter 7, and this is going to be the place we sit today, and I'll reference a couple other scripture passages, but we're going to look specifically at a narrative in Luke chapter 7, uh, starting at verse 11, and so turn there with me, open your app, your Bible app on your phone or your tablet, and go to this passage, I I want you to have a copy of God's Word, I'm going to be using the ESV translation, so if you have a, a digital Bible app and you want to be reading out of the same English translation as me, you can use that as well. And we've been conti- we're, we're continuing in a series we've been in for the past several weeks. And this series is focused around the person of Jesus. But more specifically, this series is focused around asking the question, if I'm seeking to become more like Jesus, then what am I seeking to become? And I really want to challenge you to evaluate how you're doing in this area. Because it's really easy for us to hear a message preached on these specific attributes of Christ. And even to recognize passages like Hebrews 12 that tell us to fix our eyes on Jesus. And recognizing the narrative that we're to become more like Christ as the example set for us. But then to step into normal life and just do nothing with it. And so I really want to challenge you to refresh your your memory on what we've talked about already, even in maybe your own readings of of Scripture and recognizing the person of Jesus. What what is it that God is revealing to you in your life that you need to work on, that you need to become more proactive in? And simply listening to me talk about these things may make you nod your head and go, yeah, that is true. But unless we actually become intentional with this, it's absolutely pointless. And so I want, I want to encourage you to maybe even pause the video or maybe you set aside some time at the end of this service to, to commit to asking the question, what, what am I doing to become more like Jesus? What am I putting into practice in my day-to-day life that is different from who I was and is moving me closer to being who I should be in Christ. Uh, But think about that. Think about how are you becoming more like Jesus. And today, specifically, we're going to be focusing on the attribute of compassion. Compassion. And if there's one thing that you take away from today, I want you to wrestle with this, this main thought. And that is, compassion is moving from knowing, to seeing, to doing. Compassion is moving from knowing, to seeing, to doing. And more specifically, compassion is moving from knowing what I should do, or knowing how I should treat people, to seeing practical needs to doing, actively doing, in response to seeing those needs. 
And you could frame it even a little more specific and, and say compassion is moving from knowing that all humans are created in the image of God to truly seeing people where they're at, to doing in accordance with what God has called us to as followers of Christ. And so we're going to unpack that a lot further. And, and my hope is that our idea of what compassion really is is shifted a little bit and motivates us to action. And as you're going to see, compassion itself requires action. Otherwise, it's not compassion. And we can easily contort that in a way to where it becomes more passive in nature and we maybe even would call ourselves compassionate people without actually living compassionate lives. And to do that, I don't want it to become, my again, my definition of what this is. But I want us to look at a specific example of Jesus embodying this very characteristic. And so Luke chapter 7, we're going to start in verse 11, and I'm going to read through verse 17. It says, Soon afterward, he went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. As he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out the only son of his mother. And she was a widow, and a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came up and touched the bier, and the bearers stood still, and he said, Young man, I say to you, Arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized them all and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has arisen among us and God has visited his people. And this report about him spread through the whole of Judea and all the surrounding country. Father, as we evaluate this narrative and specifically this encounter that Jesus had with the widow in Nain, I pray that you would convict us and challenge us in our own definition of what compassion is and that our lives would be moved to be more like Jesus and less like our fleshly selves. And we pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, to summarize what's happening here, you have this instance where Jesus and his disciples are traveling and they come to this town and similar to many of the other instances throughout Jesus' public ministry, as they're traveling, there's this crowd of people and it defines it in verse 11 as a great crowd is going with him because they're just anticipating what is Jesus going to do next? How's he going to move? How's he going to act? What's going to happen? And so if you can visualize Jesus and his disciples moving to this town, they're approaching this town, and this great crowd of people is coming with them, and they come upon a funeral procession. They come upon, as they draw near to the gate, verse 12, there's a man who has died and is being carried out of the city. He's being carried out, and the, the, it's identified that this is the only son of his mother, and this 
woman who has just lost her son is also a widow. And there's a considerable crowd that is going with them. This, this is a funeral in process that they come upon. And so you can kind of put yourself in the shoes, maybe as one of the people who is in the crowd, who's following Jesus, anticipating what's going to happen, and you come upon this, and maybe it brings about this, this concept of what, what, what's going to happen here. This is kind of strange. We're come up on a funeral, and uh, what, what is best practice in this situation? There's all these people coming out, and we're coming in, and who knows exactly what the dynamics looked like there. But one specific uh, item that I want you to, to recognize is, is the significance of this identifying the only son of this woman who was also a widow. And we might easily skip over that, but recognize in the culture of this time, if a woman's husband has passed away, then she becomes dependent on her son or sons to take care of her physical needs. And so this being her only son who had died, it would have left this widow to be at the mercy of charity of of distant relatives for taking care of her most basic needs. And so we have in this narrative a woman who is grieving her husband and who now is grieving the loss of her only son And in the midst of all of that is thinking about or wrestling with and and we're, we're contemplating this because it doesn't speak about this directly but wrestling with what, what am I going to do? How is life going to look? And so you have all these emotions and these burdens, these heavy, these are not light-weighted burdens and are just weighing this lady down. And, and some of you may read this and you hear this and you resonate with that. And you just go, man, it has seemed like thing after thing after thing in my life. And I am just overwhelmed by grief and burden. And you're wondering, where do I even turn? What do I even do? And the first thing I would want to say to you, if you resonate with that and you go, that's me, in in different ways, but that's me, is to recognize in this narrative the same response that Jesus has to this woman is not just a response in one facet, but is a corporate promise in Christ that he sympathizes with the needs of his people. He recognizes those who are wandering as a sheep without a shepherd. And He cares for you. And even if you feel like there's, there's a lack of compassion from other people towards you or a lack of understanding, know that that does not define Jesus and how He sees you. And so wherever you're at today, I want to encourage you in that and make it known that the character of Christ is consistent The character of God is consistent and is not based on what you perceive other people and how how they are treating you in the midst of whatever you're facing today. And so root into Him and recognize the, the character of Jesus. This is the same Jesus 
who died on the cross for our sins. Who gave up everything. And through whom God revealed His deep love and grace to us. So take heart in that today. doesn't mean it gets any easier or that you have to somehow push aside how you're feeling or a season of mourning or lament, but rather knowing that there is a God, the God of the Bible, the only true God who cares for you. Now for the rest of us, this should bring about a question in a situation like this and realistically in any situation of life, how do I show compassion like Jesus? How do I do this practically? And what I want to highlight is I I want to highlight a couple of what may seem like minor responses in this situation that have deep-rooted, profound meanings for us as followers of Christ in this journey of becoming less like we are and more like Jesus, and which emphasize and reinforce really dictating this main idea that compassion is moving from knowing to seeing to doing. And so we know that God has called us in Christ to become more like Jesus. We know this, and we see Jesus specifically showing compassion to people. But how do I practically do that? And so <clears throat> the, first, the first way, really the first step in becoming more like Jesus in this area of compassion is that we need to be willing to see people. Look at verse 13 in this text. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. When the Lord saw her. This this small yet significant truth is overlooked in Jesus' ministry. He regularly, in the midst of all that was going on, and he's not someone who's just sitting around. Jesus is traveling, he's speaking to people, he's doing miracles, he's ministering to his disciples, he's dealing with the Pharisees who are trying to challenge him. And like Jesus is not lacking here for something to do. And, and so it's not out of somehow his boredom that he is stopping to see or recognize these people. It's in the midst of going to and fro and doing ministry... And having all these people follow him, that he takes time to stop and truly see people. And it's modeled here in this narrative. People who often would have otherwise just been passed up by the rest of society. You see this in the instance of the disabled man in John chapter 5. You see this in his interaction with the, the, the Samaritan woman at the well in John chapter 4. Even the parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10 emphasizes that there's people who walked by someone in need and maybe have physically saw him, them, but didn't do anything about it. And so they didn't really see him. And yet in that parable, the Good Samaritan, you have this Samaritan individual who sees the turmoil of this person, and is then moved to action. And so recognize in this that this goes beyond just physically seeing someone. We do that often every day, and maybe this is less now because of the season we're in, but realistically, when I go to the store, 
I physically see people, but do I really see where people are at? Do I really take the time or even have the desire to really see what the needs of people are? Are they burdened with something? Are they suffering? Are they, are they joyful? And for some people, this is way easier than it is for others. I fully recognize that. Some people are naturally gifted at being able to just see people and show compassion. And it's just a natural response. But just because it may not be something you're gifted at doesn't mean that you still aren't called to model that same characteristic that we see Jesus modeling. And that becomes an easy excuse for us to go, well, I'm just not that kind of person. Well, we should be. Not because of who we are, but because of who Jesus is. And so, in thinking about this, maybe you're struggling with, what's the difference? You know, I, I see someone, and I see that they're burdened, or they're, they have a need, but beyond that, like, how do I define what compassion looks like? And really, what you're asking is, what's the difference between characteristics like empathy, sympathy, and compassion. And to illustrate that in the simplest terms I can, I found an article that gives a, a short summary of these that I loved, and it simplifies this really well. <clears throat> and it simply says, empathy refers to feeling what another person is feeling. So that would be rejoicing with those who rejoice, weeping with those who weep. Feeling what another person is feeling. Sympathy means you understand what the other person is feeling, even without feeling it yourself. So that, that goes to, a, I recognize and I, I feel what this person is feeling, or I, I, I understand what you are feeling right now, even though I'm not in a state where I'm feeling the same thing. So empathy, empathy is really... I feel what you're feeling. Sympathy is, I understand what you're feeling, even though I don't feel the same thing. But compassion, compassion means your feelings have prompted you to take action to relieve the suffering of another person. Compassion moves from, I, I see you, I, I recognize what you're feeling, but compassion is, I'm going to now act in accordance with that. And this, this moves us into the second answer to this question. How do I show compassion like Jesus? And it is, go out of your way to care. Go out of your way to care. Look at verse 14. After Jesus sees her and says to her, do not weep, in verse 14 it says, then he came up and touched the beer, which is... A, a, a biblical term for a stretcher or an, an ancient coffin that he was being carried, carried out in. And he says, young man, I say to you, arise. So Jesus sees her. It could have ended there. Jesus could have seen the weeping widow who's lost her son and he could have moved on. He had a crowd of people. His disciples were there. And no one who was a part of that funeral procession would have probably thought anything of it. They were coming into the town. We're coming out. We, we continue going out and they continued in. And yet Jesus goes out of his way to care for this widow. He speaks to her. 
And then he takes action. Often, we're crippled when we see someone, and we may even see the first step of this, we may even see their needs and see that they're mourning, that they're burdened, that there is a weight on them, and yet we're crippled by our own insecurities or we just don't know what to say or what to do, and so I'm, you know I'm going to mess this up, and so I'm just not going to do anything. And, and then we resort to this cliche comment where we just go, hey, I'm just going to pray for them. Or, or, we, or we go home and we tell, you know, I saw so-and-so at the store. They just didn't look good. And yet we don't actually go out of our way to care for them. And I want to encourage you with something, a, a, a piece of wisdom that was given to me early in my ministry. And it was a good friend and one of my leaders when I was pastoring in Oregon. As I was sharing the struggle of when I go visit people who are sick or who have these deep weights, that there is nothing I'm going to say that's going to ease that. And say, what do I do? Because I just, I, I, I feel like I should just avoid it. Or I, I just feel like anything I say is not going to do it, do it justice or help in any way, shape, or form. And this, this, this leader said to me, Oftentimes, I think we discredit the ministry of presence, of just being present with people. We think that somehow we have to fix it, or we have to step in and actively change their circumstances. And let me just tell you, most of the time, if someone is dealing with some intense baggage or burdens, nothing you do is going to take away that burden. But it makes a difference in how they walk through that burden, if someone is walking through it with them. And to illustrate this further, there's a, a story uh, that, that emphasizes the power of the ministry of presence. And author and lecturer Leo uh, Buscaglia once talked about a contest he was asked to judge. The purpose of the contest was to find the most caring child. And the winner was a four-year-old child whose next-door neighbor was an elderly gentleman who recently had lost his wife. Upon seeing the man cry, the little boy went into the old gentleman's yard, climbed onto his lap, and just sat there. When his mother asked him what he had said to the neighbor, the little boy said, Nothing. I just helped him cry. And that illustrates the ministry of presence, but it wasn't merely seeing someone in need and doing nothing. But it was actively taking a role and saying, I, I, I can't necessarily do anything. I can't change the circumstance here. But I can definitely be proactive in being present with this individual. And taking initiative, going out of my way to care. And that's what moves us from empathy or sympathy into compassion. And you see Jesus do this in this situation. Now the third thing, in answer to this question, how do I show the com- compassion like Jesus? Is understand that showing compassion can be the most powerful and impactful response to any circumstance. It could be the most powerful and impactful response to any circumstances. So many instances in Jesus' ministry where it identifies and says he had compassion 
on people. He came to an environment. He had compassion on them. He saw them. He, he felt and had compassion and then acted. He didn't, it doesn't just say that Jesus had compassion on them and then he moved on to the next town. Because as we've identified, that would not signify compassion. Compassion is moving from knowing to seeing to what? Doing. Everyone say doing. And so in each one of these passages, is just an example, you see instances where Jesus himself has compassion on people he encounters in his ministry. And he's, this is an active part of his his day-to-day walk. And I am sure there is so many more instances where this was true in Jesus' ministry that we just don't have recorded for us. And so understand, when you're trying to figure out how do I respond when someone is in dire need or just burden or mourning or in lament, one of the most impactful things you can do is show compassion. To take action in that. And so in application, in thinking about these things, here's here's your one application point that meshes with our main idea. Start moving from knowing to seeing to doing. And you may be listening to this, and this is the first you have ever identified or seen that, or, or known that you should have a, com- a life of compassion that models after Jesus. Great, that's a good starting point. But if you're listening to this, now you know. And so the next step is I'm moving to seeing. In other words, you go out of your way to look a little longer at people you encounter. And maybe it's just when you're at the store and you see the store clerk who's checking you out and you just notice that this person just seems burdened. Or maybe you're just sensitive and aware to the fact that there's an enormous pressure or weight on some people right now because of the work pressures that they now have as a result of all that's going on in our culture. Whether that be nurses, doctors, first responders, store clerks, people in retail other individuals who are working in the midst of whoever it may be, simply acknowledging that, wow, I wonder what they're dealing with, and then doing, taking action to stop and say, hey, how are you doing with all of this? Or if you want to go a step further, instead of seeing someone and going, man, that person looks like they're struggling, I'm going to pray for them, actually do it. Go up to someone and say, hey, I don't know why, but I just feel prompted to pray for you. Can I do that right now? practical way to move in compassion from knowing what you should be doing to seeing people to actually doing and taking action. And to emphasize that application principle biblically, there's a couple passages I want to highlight. In 1 John 3, verses 16 and 18, he says, By this we know love, that he, he being Jesus, laid down his life for us, and we ought to Lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone, get this, if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. 
In other words, don't just be a person who speaks words and says, this is who Jesus is and this is who we need to become in Christ. Do it. In this situation, in these scenarios, your actions speak much louder than your words do. Take action and do it. In a similar way, James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25 says, But be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and he goes away and at once he forgets what he, what he looks like. But the one who looks into the perfect law the law of liberty and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. What does this look like practically? If we are a hearer only, then you are hearing me say you need to be a doer, but if you do nothing, you are a person who looks at himself in a mirror and then walks away and forgets what he looks like. Hear the word of God, recognize the example of Jesus, and then take action and do it. Now, I fully recognize Jesus does something miraculous here when he raises this man from the dead. And I'm just going to tell you, you don't have to raise someone from the dead in order to successfully show compassion to people around you. Simply being present sometimes and not even speaking a word, but stopping to put your arm around someone or hold their hand or just pray with them, can be the most powerful and impactful thing that you do. In closing, I want to read this passage out of Matthew 9. Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 and 38. 35 through 38. This is another instance where Jesus shows compassion and should motivate us into action. It says, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Stop simply knowing how Jesus ministered to people and start seeing them with compassion yourselves. Stop simply knowing how Jesus responded to people and start responding with compassion today. Pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest and then be willing to be a laborer who goes into the harvest becoming more and more like Jesus as you go. Compassion is moving from knowing to seeing to doing for the glory of God our Father. Lord, as we're challenged with this, may we May we be convicted of our lack of living out this. 
of our own selfishness. God, may you open our eyes to see the opportunities to show compassion to the people around us. And not just open our eyes, but prompt us and prod us and push us to take action in those circumstances. And most of all, may we do so not to glorify our own selves, but to glorify you. We pray this in Jesus' name.